Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right, yes, sir. Welcome back, everyone, to The Fix, live in the Prop Swap Studio. The, the, the middle. Hey, don't worry about it. Cam Newton says Easy, easy, A-Town and Harry. All right, it's my time now. <laughs> Welcome back, though, to The Fix, live in the Prop Swap Studios, AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. And John McMullen is going to join me here uh, in just a minute. Talk some Eagles. Maybe get into a little bit of this Thursday night game tomorrow night and John's thoughts on if it's going to be played. Because it feels like you know, it feels like here that similar situations have come up with the Titans-Steelers game earlier in the season, and I'm blanking on the other game that had to be rescheduled. But now, since it's closer to kickoff, my two cents on it, my opinion, is that they're going to play. But despite my opinion of they're going to play tomorrow, when I think about the other games that had to be rescheduled, I, I I can only think of the only difference being they had more time before kickoff. Uh, so let's bring John McMullen into the conversation now to talk about um, the 49ers, COVID-19, and of course, we'll get into all of the Philadelphia Eagles news and notes. John, how are you tonight? Uh, doing well. How are you, Ryan? Doing well, man. Doing well. Um, just waiting to see <laughs> for the announcement to see what's going to potentially happen, but uh, we're not going to get into all that stuff tonight. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's yeah. tiresome. I'm already, uh, <laughs> I'm already over that. I said, you got to move on. Either way, you got to move on. Exactly. Your life is going to be the same. Trust me. If only um, it was that but, easy though, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Go ahead, John. As for the NFL uh, Thursday night game, yeah, it's 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 a mess. I, I mean, the league. I think they made a mistake, to be honest, by uh, 
pressing this issue and making the the COVID protocols even more stringent uh, because, you know, Dr. Alan Sills came out a number of weeks ago and he said, expect this, expect this. If if we're going to start shutting people down um, for even close contact, even if they're asymptomatic, and now you have this issue where, you know, significant, significant players are, are being ruled out uh, of games and you're still playing them because of TV, almighty TV. It, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Either if you're that concerned about it, shut it down, don't play the games. But if you're going to play this game and still roll out and, and have these contests, it seems a little uh, hypocritical to me. Am I missing something from your perspective? It's literally, John, if we rewind the tape, word for word, that's what I said in the first segment. <laughs> I was like, what am I missing? Like, I was looking on Twitter for an update I missed, <laughs> that it was canceled. Um, I, I completely agree with you. And I feel like, John, once again, am I missing something that there's really no blowback are we going to get it once the game starts, or are people just not even realizing the potential hypocrisy of this? Well, people aren't paying attention because of the election. So True. they're all fired up about that, and they're not paying attention to other things in, in the country. In fact, you haven't heard hair one if I tell you turn on the news, any news channel you want to go to, you haven't heard word one about the pandemic because everybody is focused on one thing and that's it seems like our our society as a whole can only focus on one thing at a time so it's off the radar now um and who knows when it finally gets back on the radar but from the nfl's perspective and i've criticized this league for a long time and it's never changed it's never going to change it's about public relations more than anything else and they're trying to signal, uh, look, look how concerned we are. Look how protective we are of our players, of our fans. Um, the PR hurdle, which I've always said, is more important to them than anything else. But come hell or high water, they're going to play the games, no matter who's out there. And, and, and there's two parts. There's, there's layered parts to that, not only – we talk about competitive balance. I've said all along that's out the window. Forget about that. They don't care. Uh, and then the second part is um, just the realization that you have these these uh, a lesser product on the field, and you have bad players on the field uh, for lack. You know, I, I don't want to say bad because they're NFL players, but you look at San Francisco and. Right off the bat, Trent Williams, uh, all-pro left tackle. Uh, Debo Samuel, we all know how important he is. He was going to be out with a hamstring, but uh, Brandon Ayuk, their, their good rookie receiver. You know, these are pretty significant pieces. Um, and you're just saying, okay, bring up somebody from the practice squad. Just get that game in. I, I, hypocrisy is the only word I can use to describe it. Absolutely, and I hope someone calls them on it. I don't know who, I don't know how, I don't know when or where, but it's pretty ridiculous. You would think this would be an easy, fast 
decision and announcement that, hey, we're, we're canceling this here. Um, players and a couple significant players contracted COVID-19. The game's in 24 hours. Who the heck knows who else has it? Uh, you might not even be able to find out before kickoff. Yeah, and then you have this, uh, you know, if you look at Matthew Stafford in, in Detroit, and it, this is the second time he's been on the COVID-19 list. If you remember that story back in training camp, uh, he was one of the guys who got a false positive. And, and that was one his wife got shamed at the grocery store, and we talked about that uh, quite a bit. I thought that was horrific. Yep. Um, but from a different perspective uh, of people shaming uh, those who test positive, this time uh, he, he's, he's on the list because he was in close contact with someone who has COVID-19, and, and he's been shut down for five days. So the timing is, uh, he can play on Sunday, um, but he, he's not going to be able to practice all week. He's not even going to be able to travel with his team. They're going to have to bring him in on a private flight. Uh, this is absurd. This 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 policy, I, I, I it's always been absurd. But once cases started to spike a little bit, uh, it's even more absurd. And you know they're. I, I don't know how to describe it, but like somebody like Stafford who doesn't have any hasn't even tested positive, they're punishing him for, to be honest, not wearing a mask around someone. I, I, I don't know what that is accomplishing other than signaling, hey, look at us, look at me. Yeah. Why, why are you punishing the guy? He's not sick. He doesn't feel bad. He hasn't tested positive. And you're punishing him in the Detroit Lions. What what the heck is going on with this league? I have no idea. <laughs> That's um, it's all over the place. And and early on, John, I felt like, and I've asked you this question, and correct me if I'm wrong, but your answers were, you know, it, it's it's ongoing, and there's no like concrete safety manual that the NFL can write because everything's always evolving and. I think early on with those cases and how they manage those games and the situations, they did a pretty good job. But like you said, as it's going on here, you're you're starting to scratch your head a little bit. Yeah, I am. And, 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 and from my perspective, I'm starting to scratch my head because, as I said, it's becoming more punitive. Uh, it's becoming more and, – and from their perspective, they're saying guys have gotten a, a little bit too lax on, on the protocols, um, and they're trying to send a message. Um, okay, uh, but they are adults. They're not children. Um, you're playing these games because you want the money. Um, let's be honest. You want the television revenue. And, and on the other side, you're going to try to say, oh, look at our moral compass. It, it, makes, it, it makes me ill to be honest. Um, and if guys aren't sick, uh, they shouldn't be punished. I, I, I'm sorry. That's how I believe. And I know a lot of people believe differently and they'll probably yell at me on Twitter. I'm used to that. Don't bother. At JF McMullen. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, hey, I, I think it is stupid to punish adults who aren't 
sick because you want to sit there in judgment of them and say, well, you could have gotten sick. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I could have got run over by a car. <laughs> right. I, I could have. Uh, I, you know, I, a, a million bad things could have happened to me or Matthew Stafford. Lucky we're feeling well and, and we're not sick, but he's getting punished for it. Uh, okay. I, I don't know what that accomplishes. I really don't. No, ne- neither do I, and it's uh, we'll see how all of this plays out with Stafford and the game tomorrow night and future cases because we all know this isn't going to be the last time a player and a team have a situation like this. Uh, let's let's transition here, pivot over to our Philadelphia. And by the Eagles. way, before you pivot, I know you want to pivot, but I I, I got to say one more thing. No, please go. All these guys also are not sick. That's part of it as well. Even the ones who test positive, 99% of them are asymptomatic. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't understand what this league is doing. But, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Now you can pivot. <laughs> no, I love it. You can interrupt me for a, a McMullen rant at any moment, John. Um, they don't know what they're doing. Like <laughs> That sums up the no, conversation. they have no idea what they're doing. That's the problem, and that's the issue. And I hope it gets pointed out, and it doesn't just get – swept under the rug here um it better not so josh mccown the eagles socially distanced quarterback staying somewhat on topic not a complete pivot uh the texans picked up good old josh yeah good for josh i mean <laughs> he's 41 years old he uh and he's got another job he's trying to burn through everything this is his 12th nfl team uh he's 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 a great guy uh, he wants to continue playing, uh, and I'm glad he got an opportunity. Uh, now he's got to go back to work, so it's not on Zoom. Uh, it's not on virtual meetings. Uh, it'll be on Houston's roster. And obviously, from the Eagles' perspective, they were the only team. I, a lot of people talked about this in the offseason. Are, are, are people going to quarantine one quarterback? Uh, the Eagles were the only team to do it. They were the only team to hire a socially distant quarterback and it was a, you know it was a, a unique situation because Josh loved his time here uh he loved the organization they even talked to him about joining the coaching staff but he said he wanted to play another year uh and then when the pandemic hit you had this interesting situation and the Eagles were willing to say hey just stay in Texas he moved back to Texas uh from Charlotte in the off season um, and yeah, if we need you, we'll, 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 we'll call you. And obviously they didn't need them. Uh, and the Texans do. Um, so, um, good for Josh McCown. I mean, he's a great guy. He's going to be, I think he's going to be head coach in this league at some point. That's, that's how well, uh, regarded he is. And it's rare where you can predict somebody's going to be a head coach when they haven't even started their coaching career, but. And he kind of has because he coached his, his kid, who's a big-time prospect um, in, in high school. Uh, but nonetheless, I mean, it's one of those things where you just, you're happy for the player. Uh, and, and I don't think it'll affect the Eagles that much because um, obviously they have three quarterbacks. And, um, um, you know, Nate Sudfeld is number three and 
He's, he's pretty competent for a third-string quarterback, a heck of a lot better than Ben DiNucci. I, I would say that if you're down to number three in Philadelphia. I might be better than Ben DiNucci, John. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Jones might think so. <laughs> yeah, Jerry, if you're listening, give me a call. Um, I, I, I think if you have to credit the Eagles for something, I, I really like that they did that, John. And and with my um, negative thinking, Carson's going to contract COVID. Hertz is going to get hurt, and like in four weeks, we're going to be like, ah, we could have used Josh. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I I thought that way too. I thought it was a very in, innovative way of thinking um, for the Eagles, uh, and and you know, preparation is half the battle. But you know, when I give them credit for that, then I say to myself, yeah, they they. A lot of teams in this league, for instance, on the practice squad, um, it, it's expanded to 16 because of the virus, so you have those extra spots. A lot of, a lot of teams have extra kickers, for instance, uh, in case the kicker um, uh, contracts the virus. And we see, we just talked about how they're ramping up, how they're getting more stringent. So it's conceivable you get ruled out even if you don't test positive. As I said, even if you're just in close contact with somebody who does test positive. Um, and, and they've kind of ignored that aspect when it's a kicker, a punter, a specialist, a long snapper, what have you. Other teams have prepared for that type of scenario. So while I give credit uh, for the Eagles uh, on, on one hand, I also think about, okay, well, why do you, and you do it for these other spots. Uh, so I think you can kind of look at it both ways. Talking to John McMullen, as we do every night for your football fix, follow John on Twitter at JF McMullen. Extending the play every Saturday morning, hosted by John, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., right here on AM 1490. And John writes for phillyvoice.com and si.com, Sports Illustrated. And, John, you have a new article posted up on sportsillustrated.com, uh, the rookies at the roundabout. And you touched on how it's been a slow start for the Eagles' premium picks. So let's get into some of that right now. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, and, and that's what the NFL considers uh, draft picks uh, in rounds one through three. So if you think about Jalen Rager, uh, the injuries have been a big part of it. Um, uh, missed five games. Uh, because of the thumb surgery. Uh, and to be honest, the games he has played, he has not played well in, uh, to be blunt. Um, so it, it's been slow. But I think, you know, ultimately I, I think it looks worse because of what uh, Justin Jefferson is doing with the Vikings, what Brandon Ayuk I just mentioned is doing with the 49ers, uh, although you won't get to see that uh, on Thursday. And even Chase Claypool, you look at what he did, what he's doing in Pittsburgh, and what he did to the Eagles. Those, those are some of the receivers you could have had at 21. And I think people will focus on, on Jefferson a lot, as they should, because there was so much, so much speculation that he would go to the Eagles if he, if he fell that far, uh, because he was, a lot of people thought he wouldn't fall. To the Eagles. Uh, he was sort of a fast riser. Uh, ended up going 22. So, I mean, that's going to haunt the Eagles for a while unless Jalen Rager turns the corner because he can play. He can flat out play. Uh, I mean, he's been 
I think Pro Football Focus has him as the second-best receiver in the NFL. The entire NFL is a rookie. He's behind, uh, I believe, Devontae Adams. That's it. That's how well he's played. Um, and that's going to be tough moving forward. And you're going to have that comp for years and years and years. Um, so Jalen's got to stay healthy. Uh, and he's got to prove, you know, the Eagles chose him for a reason. They wanted a different type of receiver. Uh, and they wanted a guy that stretched the field horizontally as well as vertically um, to bring sort of those jet sweeps and those orbit motions into the offense. Um, I would have took the <laughs> I would have took the well the well rounded receiver. I, I know that's crazy. Me too. Uh, but that's that's the way I would have gone. That's what I said on draft night. That's what I say today. It's not to say Jalen's going to be a bad player because I, I don't think he's going to be a bad player. It's just going to take him a little while longer because he came in as a, uh, as a raw prospect and more raw player. Um, but that's tough, man. Cause that's half of this league is about comps. Like I would say, and, and also pedigree and draft position, because if you look at Derek Barnett, for instance, that's just a, a good, solid player. And if you took him in the second round, everybody would be thrilled with him. But he was the 14th overall pick, and now they think he's a bust. <laughs> and that's just the way this league works. So Rager's are always going to be compared to Justin Jefferson, and that's going to be difficult. But I do think he's got a chance. Now the other two guys, I, I've I've also said it from day one. You took a luxury and then a project. And I I, I, I don't understand it. I do not understand it uh, for the life of me. Uh, either pick, I, I think the Jalen Hurts pick is was insanity. I said that when they picked him. I, I even think it more so now. And it has nothing to do with the player. Nothing. Uh, he might end up being uh, a very good quarterback. But you're already seeing, because of the way Carson Wentz is playing, you've already seen the questions asked to Doug Peterson uh, about benching Carson Wentz. And two things with that, Ryan. It's a stupid question, but it has to be asked. And Howie Roseman should have known that question was going to be asked the minute adversity struck this team. He's been around this yeah. league long enough to know he just created controversy that didn't need to be there. And and you and I and, – and, yeah, go ahead, John. No, I'm sorry. And the, and the guys played, I don't know, 27, 30 snaps. I mean, what, what – what, 53rd overall, the two other players, I say this all the time, reported it that week, the two other players the Eagles were considering were Jeremy Chin who started every game in safety for the Panthers and is in the conversation for Defensive Rookie of the Year, and J.K. Dobbins, the running back at Baltimore. And can you imagine if he was the compliment to Miles Sanders? Those guys would have been impactful players, and, and they got a, a backup quarterback who's played 30 snaps. It's amazing to me. Amazing. And I agree with a, a lot of what you're saying. I also 
disagree with some of it. I remember you and I talked every day, and we talked a lot about this um, you know, around draft time. And I would just play devil's advocate with this. The way Carson has been playing so far this season, and I know a lot of it's not all on him and not his fault, surroundings, circumstance. But I think you could argue, all right, well, maybe Howie and the coaching staff haven't been 100% confident in Carson. And now all of a sudden Carson continues to play poorly and, you know, Hurt steps in and he can be the guy. Then, I mean, do you say that's a good pick down the road? Like, if this continues to trend this way? Well, you never know down the road if Carson is out of here and they're able to trade him and, and Jalen turns in into a, a, a good starting quarterback. Yeah, you can say that three years down the road. But I can tell you right now, that's not the Eagles thinking. Mm. I, I can tell you right now, the Eagles, yeah, they had concerns over Carson Wentz, and that's the reason uh, Jalen Hurts is here. However, those concerns were strictly, strictly related to health. Right. and his ability to finish seasons. They had nothing to do with the way he played. And there is nobody in that organization, nobody, even as poorly as Carson Wentz has played, who thinks Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback than Carson Wentz. And that's why I'm so um, uh, down on that particular pick. It just it didn't make sense. Look, Nate Sudfeld is by no means – uh, a world beater, uh, but I do think if he was forced to play uh, again, he, he would be serviceable. Um, it wouldn't be pretty at times, but he wouldn't embarrass you uh, on the field. He 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 kept the team lined up correctly, uh, and he's a professional uh, quarterback. Um, Look, I, I think this mentality of you need a great backup quarterback, it just doesn't exist in the NFL. It doesn't exist. Yeah. If you go to your backup quarterback, you're in trouble. <laughs> Everybody knows it. Uh, and, and the Eagles would be in trouble, by the way. Significant, significant trouble. I, I, how he can spin this any way he wants. It, it was a bad pick. Um, and, again, things change drastically in this league. But the only chance, the only chance, and this is probably the worst part of this pick, if you think about it, Ryan, the only chance for this to turn into a good pick is for Carson Wentz to fail. And that's not what this organization wants. Yeah, that's true. So it's from that standpoint, it's a disaster of a pick. And I, I, I'm not. I will never, even if Carson fails and Jalen turns into a good player, I will never come off that position because that's the reality of it. The only way it can turn into a good pick is if you have an abject failure from a player you don't want to fail. So you don't want this to be a good pick, in essence. Yeah. And that, to me, it should have rolled it out. And we haven't even gotten to Davion Taylor. We probably don't have time. But <laughs> no, we I mean don't. that guy's a year. That guy's a year away from being a year away. That's how <laughs> raw he is. Oh boy. Well, we'll get into uh, we'll get into Taylor, and we'll touch on uh, Kayvon Wallace as well uh, tomorrow night, right here on the Fix for your football fix with John McMullen. John, before uh, we run here, 
if this game goes off, and it seems like it is, uh, Green Bay is favored by seven and a half. Can San Francisco keep it close and run the ball? We just saw the Packers get destroyed by the run game uh, from the Vikings and Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to. Uh, they don't have their quarterback, and that's not COVID-related, but that's injury-related. Not that Jimmy Garoppolo is any great shakes, but you're down to Nick Mullins again, or, or who knows, they might even go C.J. Beathard if, if Nick doesn't perform. Uh, so yeah, they're better than most teams with the backup and third string, but it's still, and they're a perfect example. You saw it against the Eagles. Even if you have a decent backup quarterback, it's it's generally not good, at least on a consistent basis. And, you know, we talked about the receivers, and, and Bourne was the one who tested positive, and then everybody was near him, and, and Ayuk is ruled out, and, and, and Debo uh, is ruled out, although he's also hurt when the play it anyway. Uh, George Kittle's out. Yeah, that, that, that seven, what was it, seven and a half? Seven and a half. That's yeah. awful enticing. I mean, there's no way uh, the Packers shouldn't win this game pretty easily. All right. Well, we'll be talking about it tomorrow night at this time as the game will be starting the second half uh, into the third quarter, and we'll touch on everything else regarding the Philadelphia Eagles as they are on their bye week this week, getting ready for the Giants when they return. John, I appreciate it as always, and we'll talk again tomorrow night. All right, thanks, buddy. Sorry for the rant. No, I love it, man. Love it. Don't ever apologize for that, my friend. <laughs> All right. All right, see you, right. Later. Um, love the McMullen rants. And, you know, the Hurts thing's interesting. John and I have had a million conversations about that. And he's he's right. I mean, John, listen, if it's ever between me and John, you, you take John's side. <laughs> but... uh I don't know. It, it, the draft is, to me, a little bit of a crapshoot. And the Eagles, listen, the Eagles have not drafted well. And that's a big concern. You look at their draft picks over the recent years, it's not been good. You're going to miss on guys. Right? But when it's a consistent miss, then you start to say, okay, something's up. Like, you can miss on it on one guy or two guys every year. Like, oh, this second-round pick ended up being good. And he was on the board when you chose another guy. Like, that's... You can play that game all night long. I don't like playing it. But when it's year after year and you're looking at at the rookie class from last year and the year before and the year before and you're like, none of these guys panned out. Right? Like one or two over a four or five year span have to pan out as a legit starter and it really hasn't been the case for the Eagles. So that's a problem. But outside of that, I don't hate taking a flyer on someone with your starting quarterback who hasn't shown you much in recent years. He's been injury prone. You have an opportunity in the second round to get a Heisman caliber quarterback. I don't hate it. But like John said, because they missed so much in the past and everything going on with the team, it's it's not... I can acknowledge it's not the best spot. Alright. One hour down. Two hours to go on The Fix. When we come back, Jeff Parles joins me to talk about the Thursday night game and all of the NFL Week 9 matchups. Keep it locked in right here on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. 
You're hearing AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Listen online at 1490sportsbettingradio.com. 